This is Paper Plane Pilot. We believe with a few tweaks and folds, any flat, ordinary life can find purpose, direction, and really fly. And now your host, or should I say your pilot, Conrad DeFries. There's something disturbingly mesmerizing for me watching demolitions on YouTube. Now, especially if I switch the sound off and I just watch these buildings disappearing in their own footprints. And as the top of that structure is going down, this big dust cloud rises up. And there's this point in the middle where it just disappears. And I don't know, it's, it's something that happens inside of me because, it, as I said, it's just so amazing watching this thing and, and the physics behind it, but emotionally... I'm just thinking it's somebody's childhood. They've always seen that skyline on their way to school. They might have looked at that building. And it's somebody's work. It's somebody's life that went into that. Somebody whose wife said, you're always at work. You're never at home. And now that building where he spent his whole career is just dust. And as I'm recording this, ironically, it is September 11th. And I remember September 11th. 2001, I came back from class into my office and my colleagues were standing there with tears in their eyes watching the television saying, this is World War Three." I said, what is World War Three?" And we watched these planes crashing into the building. We saw the buildings just disappearing in the dust cloud, three buildings falling. It was ridiculous. All that work, all that memories, all those lives. And in the Bible is a story that's that's really disturbing me. I've heard it since I was very, very young. And it always touched me. It, it always upset me when I read this. And that's a story of a demolition. A story of one more chance, Lord. A story of Samson. So in the book of Judges, Judges 13, we find a nation who's been oppressed by the Philistines for more than 40 years. Now can you imagine, every time you come home with your paycheck... Somebody takes it and says, thank you very much, and they disappear. All your hard-earned money, all the food that you've prepared, you've planted, you've watered, you've prayed for the harvest, you had to fight fires in the area just to save your crops. And now in harvest time, lo and behold, the Philistines are here, taking everything. In this horrible, hopeless situation, I find an even sadder story, and that is of a barren woman. She can't even have a child. She's living in oppression, living in forced poverty. And one day, an angel appeared to this woman. History doesn't even mention her by name. She's simply called the wife of Manoah. And one day, an angel appears to her and said to her, Hey, I have good news. You will have a son, and he will be dedicated to God from birth. He will be a Nazarite. These are the rules to be a Nazarite and he will set your nation free from the Philistines. Wow, wonderful news. So she ran off to her husband and she said, my dear, listen to this. And he said, okay, if that angel comes again, I'll talk to you. And, and she's like, what do you mean? He said, well, if that angel comes again, you can call me and then we'll talk to him. And they started praying and I can just imagine the disappointment in her heart. But God is faithful. That angel appears again. She calls her husband. He saw the angel. He asked him 
all the questions. And you know what? The angel did not add anything, did not subtract anything. He just went through the list again. Everything he said to his wife. And they could both be in unity and agree. The principle is this. When God starts talking to one of you in a marriage relationship, speak God's word. I know there's been times when my wife said things to me which I did not want to hear, but it was the truth. And you know what? Later on, God revealed it to me, and we were in unity. And I'm sure some of the things I said might have been a little disturbing to her, but you know what? God is faithful, and he will reveal it to your spouse because in God's eyes, you're one. And we need to live in that boldness that we can trust God's word and we can trust God to reveal those things that we cannot convince our spouse of. So the calling was this. The son will be a Nazarite from birth. They were from the wrong family. They could not work for God. There were no formal structures because in these days of the judges, they had no kings and everyone did what was right in their own eyes. The only formal structure would have been the Levites. But he was not a Levite, so he's from the wrong family. But if you're a Nazarite, it meant I take the calling of God upon me to be faithful to God's word, to live for God, and to carry the mark of my calling, which was to have long hair. In other words, untouched hair. You will not touch it with a razor. So this guy had a beard and probably some dreadlocks because the Bible talks about seven locks that he had. So he must have been a bit of an ugly-looking guy with <laughs> long hair. Okay, so... The boy was born and he was called Samson. And now the Bible is quiet. Nothing. We don't hear anything. Till one day when a young man, a young Samson says, Dad, I saw a girl. But remember his calling was to get rid of the Philistines. So his dad's like, wonderful, who is she? And he said, listen, she's a pretty girl and she lives on that side of town. What do you mean? She's a Philistine. Yes, Dad. I believe It is important for parents to know what the calling of God is on your children and for you to speak that calling. You can go into my house and talk to my children. They will tell you what their calling is because we speak it over them. They speak it. We confirm it. We affirm it. And we fix that. There are certain things that my children, I believe, will not allow into their lives because it will take them away from their calling. There are certain habits that my daughter won't do because she knows she has to use a voice as a musician. My son knows that he's been called into the sporting arena. Therefore, he will be very careful when he's doing certain work. He'll protect his hands because he knows that he needs his hands. Just simple practical things because he knows what his calling is. There are certain things that I will not allow my daughter to do because she's a musician. There are certain things that I would not allow one of my daughters to get involved with because she's a managerial leader who has to be involved with operations. So I will take her into a calling. We train up a child the way they should go because when they're old, they will not depart from that. And I believe that Manoah dropped the ball a little here. Not confirming and affirming and reiterating the calling of Samson onto that child's life. But God is good and God is gracious to look at this. Samson is going to the wrong part of town. He's going to bind himself in marriage to the enemy. And at that moment, a lion attacks him. 
Some might say, yeah, the lion was there to try and stop him from doing foolish things. No, man, that lion wanted to kill him. And the power of God comes upon this man. The first time you see the power, he kills that lion with his bare hands right there. But now you need to understand that there's a, a whole list of rules. If you want to be a Nazarite, the hair is just the, the, the outward appearance, a mark. He is not allowed to touch dead things. He's not allowed to drink wine, eat certain foods, and he can't touch dead things. Now he killed this lion. Is it a bad thing? No. It was Samson or the lion, and why would the Holy Spirit come upon him? To kill him. Okay, so lion is gone, but Samson did something that we like to do. The bees made a nest inside the carcass of that lion. And Samson went back to that dead thing, to the old victory, and he found the honey, the sweetness from that. David says, your word is like honey dripping from the honeycomb. The best thing we can do is to find our joy, our pleasure in God's word. That let God's living words become the honey from the honeycomb and not the old dead stuff. What do we do? We go back to that old lion and we go get honey. And we touch that dead thing over and over and we like to eat and get our pleasure from that dead thing. And this is a place where we drive a wedge purposefully ourselves between us and the calling that God has on our lives. We can read this whole story. How Samson told a riddle, his bride-to-be was threatened by the Philistines. She told the answer of the riddle to the Philistines and the result of the story is Samson had to pay up and he had to give these Philistines 30 sets of clothing. The power of God came on him. It seems like he was busy with, with stupid little things. No, he was busy just living his life. Yes, he made some mistakes, but he now he's just living his life. And the power of God came on him. He killed the Philistines and he took the blood-stained clothing, threw it at the feet of the Philistines and says, There you go. You can have something drenched in the blood of your friends. And we see God starting to use this guy for the purpose that he was born for. The story goes on and on. And we find Samson in a situation where he's now alone. He wanted to go back and just be married to this woman. But he made the mistake in the beginning, joining himself to the wrong people. They betrayed him, gave his wife away to a friend of his. And Samson, in anger, walked away. But God used him as he was just living his life power of God came on him he caught 300 foxes have you ever tried to put a pill in a cat's mouth my goodness 300 foxes ties the tails together 150 weapons of mass destruction <laughs> with flaming torches and the tails and they ran through the whole Philistine economy and crashed it in a day I mean we were worried about Y2K remember that a few years ago <laughs> 22 years ago at that moment, the economy crashed because Samson got a little upset and God's power came on him. We find a situation where Samson was handed over to the Philistines. He broke loose. He took a jawbone of a donkey, he killed a thousand of them. And then he stood up as a leader. For 20 years, he followed God and he led his people. This is something nobody says. That's why you find Samson amongst the heroes of faith in Hebrews 11. He followed God and God's people could follow him. You know what? He was lonely. He was a man. And Samson made a mistake. 
He found himself in the company of a harlot. The enemies were waiting outside the gate for him to kill him the next morning. In the middle of night, he decided, okay, I'm going back home. He broke the gates. He carried that gate for about 40 miles uphill and left it on the mountain for them to come and get. Samson found himself in love with another woman. And her name is Delilah. And that's all we hear, always Samson and Delilah. Now, she was promised, I'm trying to find it here, it's hundreds of pieces of silver that they paid her. Now, Jesus was sold for just 30 pieces of silver, and that was a lot of money. They could buy a piece of land with that. She was going to be a multi-millionaire overnight. So she threw everything in the kitchen sink at Samson. And people will go, Samson was so stupid. Samson is pretty girl, make big boy stupid. What I want to tell you is, you have a very experienced enemy that would throw anything at the purposes of God. And yes, we have to be wise. And yes, you have to watch yourself because the simple things in life, if you keep the simple things simple, the difficult thing sometimes doesn't come knocking. And Samson found himself in a place where he blurted out the secret, the one thing that he has not crossed off the list, and that, and that is the hair, the sign of his calling, the sign of the purposes of God in his life, the outward appearance. They cut his hair, and he said, Ah, don't worry, I will just throw them off again. And at that moment, he found himself weak. The people took out his eyes, bound him up, put him in prison, and he had to grind wheat each and every day, all day. I want to stop right here for a moment. Today I'm talking to people who want to be in ministry. He says, Lord, if only I can be appointed, if only one day I could be a pastor, if only I could get a place in full-time ministry. I've worked in full-time ministry and it's, it's a privilege but you know what? It's not heaven. And I've heard a lot of people talking about, oh, it's so wonderful. It's so peaceful. It's, I can be here forever. And I'm thinking, dude, if you've been here two hours earlier, <laughs> you would have seen something else. There is a place where you, you, you have this idyllic picture of what God's calling on your life would look like. And Lord, it goes with an, an appointment. You, you appoint me. It goes with a position. It's not. Samson lived his life. Even when he mis made mistakes, but his life aligned with the purposes of God, God's power would come on him. Therefore, it is important to know what God has called you for. I have a, a business card in my wallet. At the back of that business card, I wrote in pen, my life's purpose. It's all on that thing. My children, my wife knows it, my family knows it, all my friends have heard it, everybody in my office have heard that. And I read it to myself every now and then, especially if the week is getting rough. Because I have to align myself with the reason why God placed me on earth. The moment my life gets in sync with that, God's power is with me. Because that's why he made me. Your every day counts. Don't waste your life waiting for one day. Imagine Samson waited to join the ranks of God's people's army. They did not even have a king. They did not have generals, no formal structures. He would have waited his whole life and nothing would have happened. Don't wait. Just live your life and live it purposefully that God's power can just be with you when he wants to use you, where he wants to use you. Okay, Samson is now a blind man 
and we see something very interesting. He's grinding and grinding the wheat. Paul uses that same example when he says, you shall not muzzle the ox. This guy found himself in ministry, in working. He still had power because he could do the work of an ox. But you know what? He had no vision. And as he's grinding away, the Bible says his hair started growing. We see an interesting thing. He started talking to God. And that's a wonderful place to be. No matter what you are doing, where you are, don't stop talking to God. As Paul says, grow more intimately acquainted with him, more deeply and intimately acquainted, I think, says the Amplified. And as he was doing what he was supposed to do every day, as he was just working, he was talking to God, suddenly he started looking like the calling again. He started looking, as his hair started growing, he started looking like a Nazarite, like someone whose life is dedicated to God, someone who's living his purpose. And here's the sad part. Samson prayed a prayer that many of my friends are praying. Many people in ministry are praying. And this is what I would like to call the demolition prayer, where they say, Lord, give me one more chance. That's not the prayer that we should be praying in the New Testament in an era after the cross. Samson prayed that prayer and he was taken to the temple for a massive pagan feast. And everybody was in the temple and he said, Lord, just give me one more chance. And they asked the boy that was leading him around to, to take him to the main pillars. He took the pillars, pulled it together and that whole building crashed in on its own footprint like a YouTube demolition. And as that debris went up, the screams were silenced, a calling, a life. My hero, a hero of faith, died. Samson was so strong, he could have lived hundreds of years because nothing could kill that man. But he prayed, Lord, just give me one more chance. Let's fast forward thousands or odd years later. A blind man sitting in the street and says, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. We see Jesus getting very creative in healing blind people. He spat in one guy's face. Another guy spat on the ground. He made mud, put it on his face and said, go wash yourself. Jesus healed blind people. In other words, Jesus restored vision. I want to encourage you. Life might have happened to you. Don't wait for some day or for some appointment in a position. Ask God to restore your vision. The one more chance will result in a demolition. One big crash. Or you can live a life with vision, with foresight, where God can achieve much more. But remember, your every day counts. And the moment you step into the place where you are just getting close to God's purposes, you will realize that God's power is with you. But you cannot do this without vision. So I want to pray for you today. God will restore your vision. May you see what God sees. And may you see yourself through God's eyes. And may you discover yourself in God's word. And may God be glorified through your life. If this podcast meant something to you or added value to your life, please be so kind as to share it with your friends. Post it on your, on your Facebook groups, on WhatsApp, wherever you are. And um, you will find the audio podcast on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify and all the others that exist. 
And um, I'll see you again next week, same time, same place, for the Paper Plane Pilot. Goodbye. If this podcast added value to your life, please consider becoming a Patreon. If you did not enjoy this podcast, please consider becoming a Patreon too. Your contribution might just help to educate the pilot so he can do better in the future. Thank you for listening to Paper Plane Pilot. See you next week on all your favorite platforms. 